Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? <laughs> Something What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a live episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And tonight we've got a special treat for you. Since we are live, we're going to be doing the season six finale, uh, New Year's episode, as well as a year in review for Paratruth Radio. So before we get started, um, Eric, how has your week been, man? Uh, it's been all right. Uh, you know, just finished revising one of your chapters for your new book that's going to be coming out hopefully sooner than later, <laughs> uh, if we can get you on the right page here. Um, other than that, I haven't been doing too, too much this week. Kind of that law between Christmas and New Year's, you know how it is. Yeah. Well, um, I did want to do this really quick um i just found out today that my grandfather passed away this afternoon so i uh, in dedication to both him and my grandmother that have both passed away this year i am dedicating this episode to both of them um it is a regret that i i have that i have not gotten to know them as well as i should have so um i think that uh it's a, a good way to remember them by dedicating the show to them. So um, I hope that everybody had a very Merry Christmas and everybody's getting ready for an awesome new year. So before we get into the year in review, we are at the end of season six, Eric. So everything that we've gone through for the, the holiday season, um, was there anything that was new to you or fascinated you about the stuff that we covered in the holiday season? Yeah. Um, I mean, a, a lot of the stuff that we covered, uh, we've covered in the past and the thing with some of the holiday myths and legends is a lot of them don't change very much. Uh, and as you look at the earlier history of Christmas, uh, as we talked about reindeer and how Rudolph came along later on and even the whole concept of uh reindeer in general is relatively new you know all considering uh how old the legends go but i i think the one thing that always that i always find most interesting is the uh what do you call it i guess like the the darker side of christmas and some of the myths and legends there especially from germanic lore uh uh, and Irish lore and things like that. You know, we talked about the Yule lads and uh, that big old cat and stuff, which we've talked about again, you know, in the past, 
Mm-hmm. But there was a little bit more information this time around, uh, new things that we found uh, with a couple of the witches. And I found that stuff pretty interesting. What about you? Um, I like the history um, about the, the past stuff that is celebrated. You know, I we've covered Krampus, we've covered those other monsters, and the question always comes to my mind, where did they come from? Right. So it's like we get Christmas from Christianity. You know, we get a lot of stuff from Christmas from pagan religion. So, you know, a lot, I I think, you know, that's where a lot of that stuff comes from. But like, it's always fascinated me to, to find out the stories because it, being a story writer myself, it's like I have to know. Like even with the story of Santa Claus, like h- how did that come about? I have to know. So it's really awesome that we do get a chance to do the research on that stuff um, to to bring it to you guys, the listeners. And I think that um, I don't think there's really anything that was new as far as oh, I take that back. We covered the the telling of ghost stories. Mm-hmm. At Christmas time, that I didn't really know until um, actually doing the episode, I had come across that uh, as a research project on, uh, I believe it was for October, maybe it was before that, um, that I, I saw it. I'm like, oh, we need to do this during Christmas because I've never heard of it before. So, right. Oh, um, now I got to think we're doing live, live shows. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so doing, doing that, you know, we really didn't cover much in November. I think we did one episode oh, in November. We did one episode in the very, I think it was early November too. And that was our quote unquote Thanksgiving episode and have really had nothing to do with Thanksgiving. Uh, but we revisited the... Uh, Lost Colony of Roanoke. Right, right. So, I, I'm trying to remember what all we. Well, the new thing that, that we, the new thing that we that we learned in that one or that we discussed was the idea that possibly uh, the Roanoke Colony was killed off by a werewolf that supposedly is currently still running around Roanoke Island. Um, right. That was something that we didn't have a couple of years ago when we first covered the story uh, or the, yeah, the, the, the story or the, yes, the story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah. The legend. The legend. The legend uh, uh, of this and the history of Roanoke. So, you know, I, I thought that was interesting in and of itself. I, I, I like that there's, uh, I guess, supposedly eyewitness accounts of this werewolf uh, within the Roanoke area, uh, especially within the swamps. Uh, and I, I think that kind of helps place possibly a little bit of truth uh, that can maybe help give us recognition as to why the Roanoke colony disappeared. Uh, but we also talked about other things. And one of the things you mentioned was aliens. That mm-hmm. uh, alien ship came along and took them all away. Uh, and, and the one thing that I know I, I had questioned on that was – if an alien spacecraft came and picked up the Roanoke people, why stop there? And why the Roanoke 
colony at that uh, when there were so many other people in America at the time. Yeah, it and you know I've thought about it after we did that episode, and still it doesn't. None of the the explanations make sense to me. You know, like right. re- regardless of whether you think. Um, it was, it was aliens, whether you think it was a storm, like there's no explanation whatsoever. And I don't think we're any closer. Do you? No, figuring out what not happened? at all. And I don't think we're ever going to figure out what really happened. Um, I mean, I know there's people out there trying to figure it out. They're, they're uh, more or less treasure hunters, historians who are trying to search the area, see what kind of clues they can find. Uh, but it's been so long. I mean, many of those clues are probably dragged out to sea uh, or at least buried quite a distance below the, the, the ground. So I don't really know. Uh, but I don't I don't think at this moment we're going to find any truth to the matter. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that unless we like we had seen a or, or you had seen an article when we did it the la- the first time that they were supposed to be using some t- type of um, seismic meter or something to scan the ground to see if there was remnants underneath the the soil and I think they had come across something right mm-hmm. but they there's been no news of if they've tried to dig it up or anything uh, I mean, they've they've found small artifacts here and there scattered across the island uh, that date back to the period in which the colonists were there. Uh, but there's nothing significant to explain why they might have disappeared. I mean, obviously, we have our theories. Uh, and I think the most common theory and probably the most widely believed is that they ended up moving inland uh, and maybe even joining one of the other tribes. But uh, again, there, there's no evidence of that. And and other than the one little piece of very mysterious uh, lettering on a wooden post, I mean, what, what do you do with that? <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah. All right. So that pretty much sums up season six. Really, I mean, we really didn't cover too much. Um, now going through the entire year we've gone through so much we actually you know we i believe we started out with ageology and demonology and ended mm-hmm. up on um the the holiday season what stuff would you want to do more clarification on or is there something that fascinated you that you think needs more clarification on uh, I mean, I don't think there's anything that really needs more clarification. Uh, I'll tell you, for darn sure, my favorite series was the Ghost uh, Hunting 101 series, the whole ghostology thing. Um, I loved that series so much. It was so much fun. Uh, and there, there, there's something about the research for that one. that, And I don't know if it's because, like, the idea of the afterlife is just intriguing or if it's more so – that because we've experienced those things and you and I have been investigators in the past, it became easier to find the information that we wanted. And I already knew some of the stuff we wanted to talk about. Um, 
And I feel like that was probably our listeners' favorite series as well because it was very informative. There was a lot of uh, discussion about how to conduct yourself in an investigation and why or why you shouldn't do an investigation or reach out to ghosts and stuff like that, uh, which is really funny because actually my my brother-in-law has been bugging me like crazy because he, he, he tells me more and more, like almost every time I see him, that he thinks he's a medium or that he, at least he sees dead people. Um he was telling me that he saw someone on our couch the other day, Christmas Eve, uh, some older woman wearing a yellow or pink blouse, something like that, uh, just sitting there smiling at the kids while they're they're doing their thing, uh, playing around and stuff. Um, and it's interesting. It's not the first time he said stuff like that. Uh, but the thing is, he wants to do a seance so that he can learn more about it, or he wants to go see a medium or a psychic to see if they're if he can really see ghosts. I'm like. I, you know me so I've been trying to talk him out of it like crazy and Ellie she's like don't let him do it I don't want nothing in my house uh, which I, <laughs> I totally get so <laughs> um, yeah I, I actually it's funny I told my sister the other day I was like you know he's gonna he's going to conduct a seance with or without you eventually like no matter how much we talk him out of it he's eventually gonna just show up one day and be like I went and saw a psychic <laughs> and then you're gonna have some like three-headed demon running around your house for the next year <laughs> but uh i don't know i guess we'll see well i mean i i can see seeing a psychic thing but i i don't think he understands what conducting a seance really is but can you though like seeing a psychic thing because i mean you you know i, I feel like it's not that one's worse than the other, I don't think. Um, but either way, you're opening yourself up to whatever spirits may be amongst you or around you. Uh, if you conduct a seance, you're calling upon a spirit to come forth, you know, to, to speak with you. If you go to a psychic, you're having that person call upon the spirit, which, by the way, they're going to use your energy anyway to do it, uh, if they can actually do it. You know, my skepticism with psychics. So, Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... And see, this is where yours and I's views are a little different. I mean, yes, you are still opening a doorway, um, I guess, when regardless of what you're doing, whether it's a medium or um, conducting the the seance. Um, I just when when I guess when I hear seance, I think bad juju because of the it, it falls along that same line of Ouija board for me where with psychic I have a different view where it's it's not going to affect you the same way but what do you think psychics use I mean to 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 explore their psychic abilities or to reach out to something they're going to they can't just do it at a at a uh, at will they have to use something to kind of ignite that spark that'll give them that connection to the spirit now, I, I know there's a, a claim that there are people who can just, you know, in a sense, snap their fingers and boom, they can talk to somebody or have the visions or whatever like that. Uh, but even still, it's something internal that they're connecting to. There's still something that they're using. And so it's like if you're using something, whether you're using something you can't see or something physical that you can see, such as a Ouija board, is there really a difference? Well, but 
to me, if you're going to a medium, that that spirit is would more so latch on to the medium because it's the medium connecting, not the other person. Unless the other person thinks they're a medium, and if well, they <laughs> do have that ability, you know, and and if the per- I mean, you know, we've talked about this so many times on the show. If you're vulnerable to it, if if you allow yourself to open that door, I mean, simply going to see that psychic medium, it it's enough to let that spirit know like you're interested, and that's all you need for a connection. You know, I mean, people say, oh. You know, I, as a psychic, I can open a door and then close the door. But can you really? Like, where's the scientific proof on that? There isn't. And the majority of psychic mediums that you research, you find out not necessarily that they're all frauds, but the majority can't shut the door like they claim they can. Now they're like, oh, we did shut the door. This is a different spirit. But how do you know it's a different spirit? I mean, we know for a fact that there's deceiving spirits out there. And how do you decipher which is deceiving and which isn't? Well, right, and I have agreed with you. You really can't tell. Like, if it is a deceiving spirit, you're not going to know whether you're a medium or not. But then again, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. So I do agree Well, you there. should know, doggone it. <laughs> what are you on this show for? <laughs> I, I do agree with you that, that a spirit can be deceiving, and it maybe it could attach itself if it's regardless whether it's the medium doing it or if you're doing it through a seance. Um, But usually when I hear the stories behind stuff, it's usually more so the Ouija boards and seances where you get this, I don't know, malevolent spirit coming through or um, attaching itself to you, the person doing that, the seance or using the Ouija board, then it is as far as um, visiting a medium. Now, I'm not saying that there probably aren't stories out there that that has happened, but I've never never come across it. You're that's just fair. sitting in silence. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> So the the Ghostology 101 was one of your favorites. Yeah. And it actually was oh, yeah. one of mine, too, just because we have gone through that stuff. So it's almost like teaching, in a sense. Even though, even though we've made mistakes, we're sharing those mistakes as well as what we have done well. Because how else would other people learn but from other people's mistakes? And granted... I've not always taken people's advice, but then again, with the paranormal community, I feel that there's a a lot of them out there, and you can agree or disagree with me on this, that aren't willing to give the secrets of the trade, if you will. The secrets of the trade? Like, as in how to... Teaching people how to do it. Mm-hmm. Or, or yeah, it's, do it it's, well. it's funny, actually, find that uh, sometimes in in the film industry, because <laughs> I was I was working a quick little rabbit trail, but you know we like rabbit trails. Um, I was working in North Carolina a few months ago, and there's these two kids that joined us. They were just working as assistants with us, 
and they didn't know what the heck they were doing. Like they, they told us they did in the emails. They said, oh, we've been doing this for a couple of years, blah, blah, blah. They get on set. They have no idea what they're doing. Um, and my coordinator was pretty upset. My producer was really upset with them. My director was upset with them. Uh, but at the end of the day, I ended up sitting down and talking with the one kid, the other kid. He still thought he was like the best thing in showbiz. So I was like, eh. <laughs> but the other kid was pretty cool. So I sat down with him and I was talking to him about what he did wrong and how he can go ahead and fix that. And it was really funny because in that industry, people don't always do that. Like unless you get a special like connection with somebody, you, you typically won't hear someone tell you how to fix something. Uh, they tell you what to do and you either do it or you don't. If you get it wrong, you get screamed at. And that's how it is. Uh, but I feel like in the paranormal community, it's I think there's quite a few people out there that are willing to, to help out, to, to teach you. I know you and I didn't have that great experience uh, in learning when we worked with other paranormal groups, yeah. um, especially the one up at Ghost Alley. They didn't really teach us much, and they had their own little TV show and stuff. Uh, they've been doing it for years, and we were relatively new to it. And I was hoping that we can learn a little something from them. And in reality, all we learned was their group was way too big, and they shouldn't have that many people in an investigation. Uh, and that was the last time we heard it from them too, which is even more interesting. So I don't, yeah. All right. So I've got a question here in chat. You've probably saw it, um, or not a question, more of a comment from Jim Mallard. And he had said, that's an interesting question. He was talking about, um, what we were saying with the mediums and who are they talking to? Right. Mm -hmm. And he says, mine comes back to the voice of God. People claim to hear it, but how are they sure? And they always are sure that I am talking to demons. Mm. So what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, from, from my standpoint, the voice of God should always connect or relate somewhere to the biblical prophecies or whatever God has written in the Bible. So God's not going to tell you something that, or say something to you that contradicts something that's biblical. Uh, And so if you, hear or think you hear the voice of god the first thing you could do is find out where in the bible god would had like said something like that in the past or how it relates uh to the scriptures but beyond that it's something that you have to listen to spiritually you have to listen to your spirit uh, to your gut to your conscience uh and if you hear what you think is the voice of god and it's telling you something uh that's that that like Put it, let me put it this way. If it's telling you something that would contradict your own um, beliefs or that would contradict your own uh, – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? So usually in a recorded <laughs> show, I'd be on the dictionary finding out what word I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> uh, and I can't think of the word right now. But it's more so just trying to figure out – like. In the simplest of terms, does it make sense and does it relate to the to the scriptures? Uh, if it's the voice of God, he's not going to tell you to do something that contradicts his pure holiness. Um, you know, so it, it's something to think about. And maybe it's not the voice of God. I don't know. Like, it could be so many different things. It could just be your conscience. So, I mean, I guess I have to ask, like, when you say the voice of God, what do you mean by the voice of God? Is it a literal, audible sound or is it more of a thought? that comes into mind because God speaks to us in both ways. Uh, I've heard God audibly one time, one time only. And 
since then, all I've heard is not so much hearing, but more of a thought process, like something will come into my mind that would make sense to God telling me. Um, and so that's something I think you that needs to be questioned as well. Well, so what you're saying is if if what you're hearing is telling you you should do a seance or you should do a Ouija board, God in the Bible tells us not to be consorting with spirits pretty much. So right, that for would sure. not be him saying For sure. That. And beyond that, you got to think of – the word I was thinking about before was morals. Does whatever the voice of God is saying, uh, does it resonate with your morals? Um, now, we all have morals, whether you believe you do or not. Uh, but ideally, even somebody who's a serial killer, for example, knows that killing is wrong. That's a moral stand. So if God tells you that you need to destroy somebody – then that's obviously not the voice of God. It can't be. Uh, not in today's age, not since Christ had come and died and was resurrected. You know, that all, you know, everything in the Old Testament, more or less, has been washed away when it comes to punishing. So, Okay. All right. So is there anything else that you can think of that we've covered in the past year that has been interesting or intriguing as far as what we covered like i i loved the angelology and demonology episodes i think i thought they were fascinating and um learned a lot of stuff that i didn't know because we have kind of talked about it in the past and researched it quite a bit um bef- before we started paratruth even when we were before we got started on night stalkers um mm-hmm. but what about um the world's most haunted or anything like that. What, what other stuff that we covered? Do you, do you remember? Um, the world's most haunted was actually, since you brought it up, cause my memory's horrible. So is mine. So <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to, I should actually be looking through to see what shows we did this past year or what series. <laughs> cause I don't even know. Um, but the world's most haunted. I, I feel like that's, um, that 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 particular series was interesting and it was fun, but I felt it was very repetitive. Uh, the one thing, which was something that was good to learn from, because what I realized was in many of the hauntings that we talked about, especially the big hauntings and talking about prisons and hospitals, those hauntings are very similar across the board. Uh, some of them had a haunting in the very same like numbered room, uh, like numbers 14, I think was one of the rooms. Uh, and they're like three of the buildings that we talked about that all had a haunting in room 14. And we had a question, what does that mean? Why are they in 14? Um, the basement or in this particular, uh, the hole is what they called it. Like, uh, right, uh, right. A dungeon more or less, you know, there's always some type of dark haunting in the dungeon or in the hole. Again, why is that? Now, obviously the hole was, a place where you send people who misbehaved and they mistreated the prisoners at those points. Uh, so th- there's reasonable, reasonable doubt that there are bad things happening. And so would resurrect some bad energy. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that particular series is pretty repetitive and I actually find that really interesting. Well, and the, the number in particular, it, was it 14 or 13 that was a common number that was haunted for the cell number? 14. 14. It was 14. 
Because you would think 13 because unlucky 13. Mm. And I'm not so... I I don't do numerology or uh, yeah numerology, and I've never researched numerology into the biblical verses. But does the number thirteen come up at all or anything? Like, it's usually just the three and six, right? That are the the numbers associated in the Bible. I mean, there's a lot of numbers associated in the Bible. Well, I mean, as as but. far as <laughs> when when we're talking about God and devil, it's always three and six. There's no other numbers that really ever come up, or is thirteen in there somewhere? Not that no, not that I know of. Thirteen offhand. Um, I mean, so I mean, the number thirteen. You you look at Jesus and the disciples. There are twelve disciples plus Jesus was thirteen. So you have a number thirteen there. Um, some say that Judas, who betrayed Jesus and uh, which led him to the cross, would have been the number 13 in that group and hence your evil number. Uh, now, whether or not that's, I mean, obviously that's not fact. No one really knows that numerology is kind of weird. And I think misplaced when, when you bring it up in the Bible, but uh, numerology certainly does have um, like its own credit within the scriptures. And it's very clear because God, you know, talks about things in sevens. He, you know, Number 12, the number six. There are numbers that are very important uh, throughout Scripture, but I mean, we could sit here all day and think about it. I'm not a numerologist. If I was, maybe it'd be a different story, but uh, it kind of drives me crazy. <laughs> Just the thought of it, like, oh, so many numbers. I, I have looked at numerology before, and I can never, like, I can put it into like a numerolo- numerology, my name into a numerology calculator. It does it, but I don't understand how oh, yeah, those no. numbers come up. No, no, no. And and I've I've looked at numerology numerology too. Uh, I was reading a book on black magic actually, and one of the things that you learn in there is numerology it teaches you how to do basic numerology. So I did mess with it a little bit to see exactly how it all comes to be using your name, for example. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of it is like, there's no real realism to it. Like you're always going to have the same numbers, no matter what, you know, when you put your name in there, the number's not going to change depending on your circumstances in your life. Um, which means that anybody named Eric is going to have the same number in the end, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just find that a little wishy washy, uh, numerology is kind of just, I feel like it's just one of those things that people got bored and like, eh, let's start messing with numbers and letters, and there you have it, numerology. <laughs> oh, and you've got a very good point that it, that uh, the world's most haunted was repetitious because of the activity, um, and I I think we can say the same thing as far as our own um, investigations that most of the time it was repetitious in the sense that we did get EVPs and if we did there was always something that correlated with it for the most part Um, or (laughs) we didn't I guess we didn't do a whole lot as far as where live people were because we Mm. only did the one house we did Jeffrey Dahmer's home. We did Ghost Alley. We did the bar. Mm-hmm. I, was that the oh and the and the um, uh, 
Roosevelt Center. Right. Right. And, and I mean, those are just the buildings. We did a number of outdoor investigations, too. I mean, plus we did the house, my house, um, which is actually the very first investigation that we did and got right, some right. EVPs from there. And we did um, we did do my apartment that I was mm-hmm. living in at the time as well. Huh. Yeah. But I, I guess there wasn't really too much repetition in the sense of a certain spot in a home or um, a certain number on a door or anything like that because there wasn't really numbers on doors that it could have been at. So it was odd that it was kind of repetitious in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, I I don't know why, but the angelology and demonology ones were the ones that were really super fascinating to me. Doing the ghostology one hundred and one was awesome. Um, I but I can't think of a specific thing that we talked about that I'm like, oh, that still fascinates me, or. I wish I could do more research into that or anything like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, all right. So we are about 33 minutes in. Um, I did want to let everybody know that we are going to be doing call-ins. Um, we're going to take a break here in just a, a little bit. And then after the break, we will be doing the call-ins. Um, so we are close to the end of the year, Eric. Going into 2019, what would you want to see us doing for seasons next, starting next year? Like, what what would you think would be a good one to start out with? To start out with? Yeah. Hmm. So you're putting me on the spot, because this is something <laughs> I would think about, like, two days before our series begins. <laughs> Uh, um, I think like I'd like to get back to a series on ghosts and a number of different specters uh, which I know is the same term as ghosts but uh, (laughs) in the realm of ghosts the term specter can also be used as an individual or particular spirit uh, different from a ghost so and I think that's something we should cover because that's a I think a good thing to start with, like why is a specter different uh, in some cultures? So hmm. that's my, that's my cheap answer. <laughs> well, the one thing that um, I'm seeing a lot of articles on and it's the oddest thing to me is of women talking about having spectral sexual partners and both articles that I saw claim that they're, they are either married to a spirit or want to get married to a spirit. And it just baffles my mind. Like it kind of goes along the same line of bestiality. Like I, I don't understand it. I don't. <laughs> I see your face. What I mean is, it, it doesn't make sense to me. You know what gotcha. I mean? Okay. See, that so... makes sense to me. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, I mean, weird people, man, it's a new age, right? I mean, yeah. it, I swear, it, it's weird and it's disgusting. Um, but it's something we're starting to have to deal with. You know, and there's going to be more of that, too, especially as the years go on uh, with the way things are changing. And I'm still old school. I still kind of, you know, I miss the 90s, <laughs> you know, kind of thing where things are a little easier and more peaceful uh, to some extent. But, like, we're going to see more and more of this new agey stuff as time goes on because there's more people who are uh, more about self. You know, they're they're like – be yourself. Be be who you want to be. Don't worry about what anyone else thinks or believes, and that's going to create uh, not a problem per se, but it's going to create another path that people are going to be taking. That's going to lead us into all kinds of crazy scenarios. There's going to be more problems happening, like online people discussing things, and it's going to be the question: like, is is this okay? Um, you know, like one thing, for example, and I, I'm going to bring this up. It's, it's a little weird, but I was thinking about it the other day because um, I was watching Game of Thrones. And the one thing that I that I was thinking about is uh, homosexuality, for example. Uh, and there's people who are for it. There's people who are against it. And there's always going to be those two individuals. Um, now, I, I'm I'm not against people who are homosexual. I'm just against the practice of it. Um now that's not saying anything. I'm not going to tell someone like shame them or anything like that. That's it's it's what they do, right? But for those who say it's okay that a guy is with a guy or a girl's with a girl, I was thinking like what about these relationships where it's siblings, brother, sister, 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 things like that. Now I and I bring that up because Game of Thrones there's a brother and sister who are together. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking like I know people who have friends who are uh, homosexual, which is fine. Great. I have friends that are homosexual. Don't get me wrong. Um, but they'll be out on the streets preaching for them and, you know, trying to, you know, for like gay rights and all that. That's what they want to do. Cool. But would you be out there to support like sibling marriages or sibling sexual relationships? And I know that some of those people are very much against that. And I have to question Why? Like, why are you against that, but you're not against homosexuality? Because when you put them together, I mean, is there really, I mean, obviously there's a difference, but I mean, it's, they're both, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know where to end with that, but you get the idea. Right. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Um, well, and the funny thing is you brought that up and the first question on the marriage license that when Shelly and I got married was, are you first cousins? And apparently that's a common thing for them to put that on your marriage license. Yeah. I mean, well, the cousin, and that's another thing too, because the cousin thing is, is, is a little different from siblings. And then that changes as you get into second cousins, third cousins, et cetera, et cetera. Cause it gets the, obviously the further you get into like, or further out you get with the cousins, the more uh, the bloodline begins to change, you know? Uh, and so right. like in the past, there were a lot of people who were marrying their cousins or who were given in marriage to their cousins. Um, Cause it was less likely that they'd have uh, birth issues as they would if they were with siblings um, much earlier on. So it doesn't surprise me that they would have that question on there. All right. Well, folks, I think this is a good place for us to take our break. Um, you've been listening to Paratruth Radio. We are going to be opening the phone lines. So uh, 
Make sure that you're staying tuned. I will announce that phone number when we get back, but we will be right back right after this. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. There are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. Go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin Universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. All right, folks. Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been talking about the past year on Paratruth Radio. Uh, We've been talking about our different favorite episodes, uh, season six finale. And, you know, I think it's been a great year for Paratruth Radio. I think that uh, we've covered a lot. And um, I think that we can even start evolving the stuff like what we were talking about prior to the break. Like, the... I had said that there are women talking about having relationships with spirits. Um, and Eric, you talked about your memory. I completely forgot what you had said before. <laughs> <laughs> Regarding that situation, you mean? Or no, 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 no. What, that you, were, or what, the... what you wanted to cover for, for the next season. Oh, oh, oh. Um, well, I, I had mentioned uh, the whole spectral thing and what the difference is between oh. a specter and a ghost. Because in some religions and cultures, there is a difference. Yeah, right. So it'd be interesting to delve deep into that kind of stuff, too, because it um, it's a fascinating thing. Because not only do the the legends change depending on where you're at but like you're saying the wording so it would be interesting to to do some research into that mm-hmm. so before break i did mention we are going to be opening up the phone lines for you guys that want to call in uh the call in number is 701-204-4287 you guys 
the can call in whenever you're ready. The phone line is open. Um, we will get you on air, and uh, we would love to hear from you guys. So as soon as you are ready, go ahead and give us a call. So what other stuff ha- have we not really covered recently, Eric, that you'd want to see us do again or or delve deeper into? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, there's... There's a few things that we've already covered a couple of times. So, you know, kind of feel good about that. <laughs> Don't need to do those again. Um, but I, I think going more into uh, – so let's bring up werewolves because, you know, got to have at least like a werewolf episode a year. Um, but I think we should get more more into the occult version of the werewolf uh, as opposed to the historical or the Native American or the European werewolf. We should get more into the black arts or dark arts uh, version of the werewolf uh, and even the spiritual version of the werewolf because there are people out there who think they're spiritually werewolves, uh, not physical ones. Like there are people out there, who, by the way, do you remember actually? <laughs> do you remember that time that when we were doing Night Stalkers and somebody, I forget if they caught us or somebody told us like they said they're they are werewolves, like him and his wife or something are werewolves and they eat raw meat and like no one wants to mess with them because they're true werewolves. Do you, do you remember that? I want to say that was in our chat. Uh, it, it probably yeah, it was in our chat. It was <laughs> in our chat. I, I couldn't believe it. Um, I would have liked to meet those people to find out if it's true. But, <laughs> you know, I, I'm trying to remember if I ever approached them to try and have them on the show because I want to say that I wanted to. Um, and it would have been interesting because I had never come across somebody that that claimed that they were. So right. Um, and uh, the one thing that we haven't really covered is uh, I can't remember the, the name of it. Lou LeGrew, something like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's the French term for a werewolf, but it's not it's not a physical werewolf. It's more of a spiritual projection, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more wolf. It, it's It looks like a wolf, not like a man-wolf hybrid where it's up on bipedal legs or anything Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it'd be cool to actually with those episodes to to even go over some of the case studies uh discuss some of the the things that like like photos you we've gotten a couple of photos sent to us that people think they're werewolves um and i think going over those where those photos or even the the um the sightings Mm-hmm. That people claim to have had, like we should go over those and connect them to the legends, uh, or I, I shouldn't say connect them, but bounce them off the legend and see, like, could there be any truth to what these people are seeing, and what is it like based on the area that they're in, for example, um, whether or not there could be a werewolf, a werewolf there. Uh, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> live shows 
it's different. <laughs> okay, so apparently we're having an issue with with Colin um, Loop Guru. Thank you, Brian, for correcting me. Um, yeah, it, it was, it, and it's something that's kind of fascinated me with with the Loop Guru is because Cat had told me about it a while back, um, and. I had never really done research into it before then. So, mm-hmm. um, really quick, I'm trying to find 701204-4287. Yeah. Weird. I'm... While you're trying to figure that out, I've got a, a question. And it's, yeah. you know, one of my famous questions that are really not questions at all. <laughs> Just goofy, but um, if a man turns into a wolf, they're a werewolf. But what happens when a werewolf finds a way to turn into, a, or a wolf finds a way to turn into a man? Are they still werewolves? Now I understand the concept of werewolf being man wolf, but <laughs> it's like reversed. Like you know, there's a wolf out there somewhere. Like man, I wish I was one of those things, those <laughs> those creatures <laughs> that are walking on two legs and then find a way to do it. But do you think they would lick from, like, the footprint? Like, water from the footprint of a person? Because, you know, like, according to legend, one way to become a werewolf is to drink water from the paw print of a a wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, I don't know. Hmm. The deep questions of history. Of life. So I'm going to try something really quick. Mm-hmm. Eric, I'm going to hang up on you for just a second, see if people can call in. And then if they can, I'll just add you to the call. I'll We will be right back with Eric. So do it. All right, folks. So go ahead, try calling again. Um, the phone number again is 701-204-4287. I'm wondering if maybe because I was online with Eric that um, that is the reason that uh, we're getting a busy signal. So go ahead and try calling. Um, and then if you call, I'll add Eric to the conversation. So try and do that for me um i'll even try doing it myself to see if it works well what the heck All right, so I guess that is that. Um, I'll tell you what, if you are on Skype, uh, just look for... 
if you're on Skype, just look up paratruth.radio. You'll be able to call us that way. I guess the phone number thing is not going to work. I don't know why. Maybe it's our host. Host? Mm. Yes, you. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's Skype. Mm. Um, So... Now that you brought up the wolf thing, mm, yeah, guys, you think about it now. <laughs> now it makes me wonder if there are extraterrestrials. Do they have these same things where people or their people can turn into werewolves? You mean like in reality or like in the myth? No, like if there are aliens, mm-hmm. I want. I almost wonder if they have the same thing that happens or same legends mm, yeah, of same things legends. that happens. Yeah. Well, maybe, because, you know, you have the greys, you have the lizards. Maybe the lizards are like were-lizards, and they were once greys, but they did the whole werewolf-type thing and became lizards instead. <laughs> and created a new that race. It could be. That could be. <laughs> Jim says Skype is always something. I completely agree. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure where to go from here because this was supposed to be the call-in portion. Um, <laughs> so if you guys have questions, go ahead and put them in the chat. At least we'll at least get the questions that way, and you'll at least hear our answers. If you have Skype, like I said, uh, Paratruth Radio. And you can call us that way as well. Um, not sure what happened with the phone number thing. It's not even going through when I call. So, uh, But now I sound better. Well, that's good. Good. That's good. <laughs> See, there's always a positive. Yeah. <laughs> so here's a question for you. Going back to the days of Night Stalkers and you remember how horrible our sound was then compared to getting into today. Do you think it's the technology that has come along that we've been able to improve it? Do you think it's just depending on the, um, the, the hosting site that you're using? Uh, it's probably both, honestly. Uh, I mean, you and I used Blog Talk, what, like two years ago was the last time we used Blog Talk Radio, I think, for... Did we use it again for, for the... What was yeah, it? The, the night... night Soccer or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, and the quality wasn't horrible then. It still wasn't... Like, it wasn't as user-friendly as Spreaker is, um, but the quality itself wasn't wasn't bad at all. And so with that said, I think technology, of course, plays a big role in it. Um, and I think that technology comes through the hosting sites, especially because, I mean, obviously we can do what we can, uh, outside of the hosting site. You know, you have the mixer mixers, super important, uh, boom mics, super important, uh, especially directional mics. You know, we don't want like a, uh, a multi-directional mic that's going to create a lot of echo. My mic's multi-directional. So I apologize everyone. If you get a little bit of echo, uh, (laughs) but you know, so I think technology has come a long way. Uh, I mean, 
look, film is shooting on 8K now, 10K. I mean, that's insane. We don't have the ability to 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 shoot in 10K yet, like on our phones or with our own cameras. 4K is the best we got. Um, but even still, we don't have the technology to show 10K. So why why anyone would film 10K to begin with is kind of I mean, there, there's benefits to it. Uh, but it, it's about it is about the technology. I mean, five years ago we didn't have 10K. You know, 10 years ago we didn't have 4K. So it's it, it, it's interesting because it shows you just how quickly technology becomes available to us, especially in America. You know, uh, could you imagine like 1995 that we would be sitting here on the internet like doing <laughs> Skype? like halfway across the country to each other yeah. uh, and have a show. No, I mean, podcasting, what was podcasting back then? Nothing. So it's, you recorded it's really on a little tape. <laughs> yeah. You know, you had a little, that's how we used to do it. You know, we, my sisters and I used to have our own little radio shows uh, doing like zest commercials. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we, we, we had a little tape, like uh, actually it's a pretty big tape cassette is my, parents clock but you could record on the on the clock and you put a tape in there and we'd hit record and my sisters and my neighbor would sit around it for an hour or two and created an episode uh, of whatever you know play music and whatnot and it was cool it was fun and it obviously couldn't get out there anywhere because we didn't have internet like we do today not quite the same so uh and, and i think it's interesting because you'll find as we continue forward the next 5 10 15 years we're going to look back on this day of 2018 and be like, dang, don't you wish we had this in December, yeah. 2018, you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I did get a little, uh, not really question, but uh, shout out to both Debbie and Tony from paranormalforum.net for trying to call in. I do apologize. It was something that I was really trying to, to hopefully get done because Something that I want to I want to do is hear from our listeners. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. I do want to experiment with uh, different software to try and do the show, so we'll see if that is any better. But uh, thank you guys for at least trying to call in. Like I said, if you do have Skype, then you can call us. Um, otherwise, the phone number, I guess, just isn't going to work. But um, thank you guys for at least trying. Um, I feel like what we need to do is get a, a separate cell phone and then let people call in on that cell phone and just hit speaker and put it to the mic. Then you ain't got to worry about it. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be something at least, but, um, yeah. So <sighs> going like, if we ever were to get into ghost hunting again, like we had talked about some of the, the tech that is out now, because now that we've talked about technology a little bit, um, is there anything that you would want to try and experiment with doing a paranormal investigation? Mm, um, you know, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot out that's like spectacular to me. Like there's nothing like 
that I'd be like, oh, I need to try this thing. Uh, but there are some music boxes that I've seen. Uh, supposedly, you know, like it, it, if you as a physical person were to stand in front of this box, it would just automatically start playing the music because uh, it feeds off the energy. So supposedly, if you leave it and ask a spirit to step in front of it and it has enough energy, it can get that music box going. And I would like to, I would actually like to do that to test it and not so much to test it like to find out whether or not there's a spirit there, to, but to debunk that and see whether or not there's like an energy source that's, that's like, like energy waves. And every once in a while, you know, it'll come through like an EMF or something like that that would trigger that box. Uh, I actually saw one on Ghost Adventures last night. Uh, where they used one and they were asking questions and whoever they were asking questions to, it appeared uh, that it was responding to those questions on command, like uh, on command, right, right then and there uh, with the music box. Uh, and I think that's really interesting to me. So I, I feel like that's something maybe I would want to try if I ever considered doing that again. If <laughs> big, if, if, <laughs> 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 all right well i guess we can just wrap up for today i kind of disappointed that that didn't work out for colin show but um i hope that everybody enjoyed the episode um maybe in the future we can have another one. Oh, actually we got a question okay um Justin or and or Eric, have you ever interviewed someone or was on an investigation where you were frightened? Hmm. Why, why don't you start that one? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, uh, I I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. Um, when we did Jeffrey Dahmer's home. And I asked him, you know, prove it that you're here. And I got touched. I had to walk out. It wasn't just because it was a freaky thing to me, but it was also because it scared me. I had never been touched by a spirit before. And I think, you know, kind of before we had done, like prior to that investigation, I never truly believed that people mm-hmm. are getting touched you know, you get this um, almost freaked out feeling when you're doing a paranormal investigation where, you know, you have the hair rising up on your arms and back of your neck and you feel like you're being touched. But mm-hmm. I I had never, you know, asked a spirit, you know, do that to me before. So um, I think think that was the only time for investigations when we have done interviews and I'm sure Eric will say the same thing we had talked to a man um, I'll even mention his name Eric Fraze and this was on Night Stalkers and it wasn't so much I was scared it was just really weird because he was a the he proclaimed himself the witch king of Salem. And he was just talking about all these different things that he did for uh, being a Satanist. And it was like, um, 
it was just really odd. Like, I think we both left that interview, like, looking at each other, like, what the heck? Hmm. But um, those are the two main ones that come to mind for me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever really been afraid of, like, anyone during an interview. And I've had people threaten me with black magic, saying they're going to curse me and stuff like that. It's, it's never bothered me. Um I think in regards to investigations, uh, I, I, you know, you, you're right. You get uneasy sometimes, especially if you're by yourself. Dahmer House is one of those because I was in the back uh, underneath the house where he had chopped up Stephen Hicks and separated his bones from his flesh and stuffed them in bags. Um, and being down in that little cubby and down like in the backyard and stuff by myself, the backyard was just all wooded areas. Um, you, know, you start to get a little frightened, but it's not anything that like – is happening in the investigation itself it's not a ghost thing it's an internal thing uh and it's it's your mind getting away from you because you're in this darkness underneath this house and knowing what had happened here once before and you start to think about that uh and then you hear little things in the woods you know chipmunks and squirrels and stuff like that at night and you start to question yourself like this what if somebody stepped out of the woods, you know, and some other psycho serial killer or whatever. Uh, and I think that's about as much as like as close to getting frightened uh, as it comes there. Uh, and it always comes back to, to, to an internal thing. It's always the mind, like even in, in my own house, like in the basement, I'll go down to the pitch black basement uh, and I'll start getting a little nervous because the darkness is a scary thing sometimes, you know? And it's like, Hmm. Like, what if something? Not that there is, but what if there was some type of something back in the corner, the, the little shadow I just saw? You know, what if that was something uh, and it rushed me? Because uh, I've had those feelings. I've had something rush me before. Uh, you know, when, when I was going through uh, the demonic attacks a couple, a few years ago, several years ago, uh, and that was probably the most scariest thing was all those attacks for three months. But since then. I mean, I feel like nothing's really "quote unquote" frightening. It's like I don't like nothing's like I don't think anything's like like gone clank. Oh, you know what? Actually, there was this one time. Now that I think about, I'm thinking of the word clank. Uh, oh, there. Uh, EMF detectors and our uh, digital voice recorders. And we were asking questions and all of a sudden there's this really loud bang, uh, like something hitting metal uh, in the next room over. And it, it startled us both, not to the point where we're like, oh, I'm not going to go in there. Cause obviously we jumped up and immediately went to investigate, but it definitely startled me. And that's probably the only time in an investigation that I actually jumped from my seat because something happened. We never really figured out what that was, but it's kind of creepy. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a question in our Spreaker chat, so I will let you read that one. It's from Scott and Heidi. Okay. <clears throat> so it says, we were wondering what you guys think regarding Hollywood. Does Hollywood have an occult tie? Hmm. And do they influence us or do we influence Hollywood? Hollywood seems to be ahead of our ideas and incidents. Or do they create our interests? From catastrophes to AI, they always seem to know what's coming. Coincidence or more? 
you or me? Who, who's <laughs> gonna who's gonna kick this off? I'll let you kick it off first since I kicked off the last one. Yeah, I do not think that there's an occult tie to Hollywood. I think that's just a big myth uh, that's created by the occult. Um, Hollywood, it's really interesting because the one thing that Hollywood does is their research. They've got people specifically designated for being online all day, every day on Facebook, on uh, Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter, seeing what people are talking about and seeing what's happening in the news and what's happening just in life in general around the world. And those ideas that they come up with come from those sources. They're constantly taking polls. They're constantly doing uh, like finding statistics uh, for certain ages. What are kids into these days? What are grownups into these days? And based on what the statistics tell us, they're capable of predicting what the next thing is going to be. Uh, for a while, we've had superheroes here for a long time. Marvel, big one. Huge thing, right? Mm. And that's been going really well, but it's starting to decline. So Hollywood's already trying to figure out what's the next big thing. One particular thing is people are thinking it's going to be Westerns. The Western is going to make a comeback over the next couple of years, five years or so. And we're going to have Westerns for a while. And then eventually we're going to get back to superheroes. And it's, it's, it's just a constant fluctuation uh, of, of these different genres. Uh, horror films. It's another big one. You know, and there's a reason why horror films come around uh, October and September, November, those areas, those times, because they know that people want that kind of stuff at that moment. Right. Yeah. Um, Slender Man was a movie that came out, didn't do very good. But Hollywood thought, hey, this is a big story right now. And it seems to be gaining ground. Let's capitalize on it. It didn't work out in their favor, but those are the things they do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's any occult tie. They're just very well researched. Uh, and, and I can contest to that because I do the research as well. I'm constantly seeing what the next big thing is uh, in hopes of trying to capitalize on that kind of thing. Well, I, I think, yeah, there as far as um, – occult happenings in Hollywood. I don't believe there's any tie there. The only tie is like Eric is saying that there are stories that people latch on to and they start coming out with these different movies and different stories. Now, the one thing that I don't think we have ever really touched base on, and it's kind of this new theory about the collective consciousness. And you know, that that's something that I have kind of thought about a little bit because you've said to me a couple times, there's no original ideas anymore. Mm -hmm. And it kind of makes you wonder, you know, if we are connected to this collective consciousness, um, maybe that's why there is no original ideas anymore. Um, or I mean, really there isn't anything that really has not been done already you can put your own spin on it you can um do different things even remake stuff like uh if you listened to beyond reason eric and i talked about that a little bit on air on beyond reason um but um i think that in the end i mean the collective consciousness thing must be something because i had an idea to do a story 
And then not even like two weeks later, I see Hollywood coming out with it, like the trailer for a movie, which I had not seen or even heard of the trailer prior to me thinking of the story. So, I mean, if that's a collective conscious, do you think you're fading off of their conscious then? Like tapping into... Is that yeah, what you were thinking tap- into whatever they... Because I tell you, they were probably five years in the making by the time you came up with that idea. I bet that thing was in <laughs> greenlit a long time ago. And that's how it often is. I mean, there really is no uh, no such thing as an original idea, uh, which is why you see so many reboots right now as well. Uh, the original ideas that do come out are few and far between. Uh, the Greatest Showman, one of my favorite movies, is an original music uh, musical. Um, is it the first of its kind? Not necessarily, but it's an interesting story about B.T. Barnum. Uh, and it's different from many other musicals, but nonetheless, it's still a musical. Uh, and it still has the same grandeur as other musicals have. Uh, and to continue, actually, with this other question, uh that Tessar asked was, do, do, does Hollywood create our interests? And I, I think very much so that they do. Uh, now, again, they are doing the research to find out what we're interested in. But when a movie does come out, how often is there a movie like that you find really interesting uh, that you decide to do some research on? Like, is this true? Did this really happen? Or can this really happen? You know, you do something about catastrophes, uh, you know, we'll say earthquakes uh, in a particular area of the world. Can this really happen in this area of the world? And people will log on and you got hundreds of thousands of people doing this. Uh, And so it creates your interest. AI, another one, you know, when you got sci-fi movies coming out, of course, people are going to be looking up aliens and artificial intelligence and, you know, you want the next best thing uh, and who's going to be doing it. So it it definitely does create our interest. And I think it kind of it's both ways, you know. Uh, our interests influence Hollywood and Hollywood influences our interests. And that's just, it's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> well, yeah. And <laughs> Jim says the last groundbreaking thing in Hollywood was Pixar. Sadly, that's probably not too far from the truth. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the, they would, be feeding off of our um, interests because, like you said, they have to do research to find out what's going to be hot and what's going to be a big seller. So, um, all right, folks, if you got any more questions, go ahead and get them out now. Um, I do want to tell everybody, you know, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for listening to us. Um, I, I, apologize again for the number thing we'll have to figure out a way where if we do do live shows that uh you guys can call in i i do want to have that aspect going on for live shows so um but if you guys got nothing else um any last words from you um no, I don't think so. I'm good. All right. All right, <laughs> folks. Until next year, um, I think we'll be coming back sometime in February or maybe late January. But until next year, my name is Justin. And I'm Eric. Peace.
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.